be curious. Be curious about the people that you're calling. Be curious about the work that you're doing. Be curious about your business, your brand. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sanger always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sanger here. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Flip My Funnel. This time, this is the fourth and final episode in the series we're calling ABM for Humans that Justin Keller, who's the VP of Marketing at Sixter, has been running. It has been a phenomenal journey going from Sixter's story of how they went from no ABM to award-winning, then to, to hear Sandoz's story of not only just being digital, but also being human-centric when it comes to marketing. And then last week, if you listen to the Tuesday one, you hear that how even a small company and even a large company or a fast-growth company at Snowflake, how the ABM practices are really not that different. So with all that being said, I have no idea, Justin, who are you going to bring to blow our minds off? So today, we're talking to Sarah Tosh, who is Sixter's Senior Sales Development Director, and her friend, Mavis Norwich, who runs sales dev for a company called Zipwip in Seattle. And I wanted to talk to both of them because they are the generals of the front line of our ABM program. They're the ones that run the programs where our humans are making the outreach to our target accounts. You know, the sales dev role or the account dev role or whatever you call it is such a critical part of an account-based program. I really wanted to sit down with them and understand, you know, often these are the people that are the first brand impression. How can marketing equip them to be better ambassadors of the brand? How can we work better to align ourselves with their talk tracks? How can we make sure that everything marketing does goes to benefit the sales dev organization? And uh, they've got some really good insights to share with us. I love that. And I hope everybody takes a note of this. A lot of times in marketing, or especially if you're doing ABM or getting excited on ABM, we look at that, well, it's called account-based marketing. So maybe marketing is the one who's running it, owning it, doing it all, and, and being the heroes. But in reality, I think marketing is a guide in this whole process of figuring out who to go after and what, what to do, but are not necessarily doing it all. And as a matter of fact, it is incredibly hard and almost a recipe for disaster if marketing is running it all by themselves with no input from sales. Or, and, and even worse, no support uh, from sales. So if you are in marketing and listening to this and wondering how where the sales comes into the picture, well, this is your time. Get your sales peers to, to join in and listen to this one because without marketing and sales working as one team, ABM cannot be successful. So let's dive right into it, Justin. Again, thank you so much, man, for uh, doing the entire series. I truly, truly appreciate it. I know it takes a lot of effort to pull all these people in and get the stories out. I cannot thank you enough. No, thank you, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. And thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Let's go. Hey, everybody. I'm so thrilled to be here with Sarah Tosh, who is Sixter's Senior Director of Sales Development and Enablement, and Mavis Norwich, who is, uh, make sure I got this right, Director of Sales Dev at Zipwhip. Senior manager, but yes, Senior you manager. got it. Split the difference. You know, go ahead and give yeah. yourself a promotion, Davis. I'll take it. So really, really thrilled to be talking to two amazing sales development leaders. And I think for any ABM program, sales development is 
absolutely critical. Like they're the nexus between sales and marketing. They are the unsung heroes of the ABM program. So I just want to take a, a minute really quick to shout out to all of our sales dev people. You make things work. So let's dive in. Loaded question. Who owns the job of sales and marketing alignment? Oh man, you're hitting us with a hard one right off the bat, Justin. But my answer is both, right? It takes two bad sales and marketing leaders to be BFFs to truly work lockstep. But you know, going back to your your point when you kicked off the the chat, really how I think of sales dev is you're you're the person that that is the teeter totter for your ABM program, right? Regardless of where um, sales development teams report, I know it's um, that's always a fun topic to tackle. Does your team fall to marketing or sales? But regardless of where you report, sales dev supports the sales team, but is constantly using marketing content, events, direct mail, ads, you, you catch my drift, to provide context around their brand. So, you know, when I think about kind of the middle of that teeter-totter, the person, you know, really driving that, that alignment, it's sales dev, 100%. Yeah. yeah. For, for you guys, do you, does sales dev report into sales or marketing? Yeah, so, you know, at Ziploc, we report into sales, but I've been in other organizations where we've reported into marketing. And, you know, I understand the argument for both sides, and I think it's more that they're bridging that gap between the two departments and are really playing a vital role in your company's, um, you know, forward-facing messaging, especially with prospects. And, you know, it's such an interesting place to be because they make sense from both sides. Is it sales? Is it marketing? But the most important thing, and really to echo what Sarah said, is that they've got to be aligned and they've got to, you know, be that teeter-totter. And, you know, sometimes you're more of a marketer, sometimes you're more of a salesperson. And, it's definitely a balance that I have experienced over the years. Yeah, yeah. Fully agree that, that SDRs are the fulcrum of like a revenue organization and are absolutely like, I mean, between inbound and outbound prospecting are the ones that make opportunities happen for pretty much all of our teams. And they typically, and this is the ironic, like they are kind of the linchpin of the organization. And they tend to be really young professionals right out of college. It's a kind of a high turnover role. They're often like the first impression someone that hasn't heard of your brand will have with your brand, the first kind of brand impression they'll get. How do you think, or how should marketing make sure that, you know, you're helping kind of these younger people be the front line of your brand? How can, how can marketing help you guys make sure that uh, the, the first brand impression people have is a really good one? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there's one thing, you know, they are, you're right, they're often younger and newer to the profession. I think the one thing is, is, you know, equip them to be adults and to be accountable to the brand and provide them with advice on what our brand is. Help them understand what your brand is. And that's something that I've always found really helpful, and I think marketing can definitely help own this as well, is look at what your success traits and your values are as an organization and tie them back to your brand. And so when you're asking reps to do something, does it fall in line with what your you know, values are as an organization? And helping them to understand that what they do internally is equally as important as what they do externally and equip them, you know, with those tools and then challenge them to be a brand ambassador and grow their career. Mm -hmm. And to add to that, and this sounds tactical, but it's so, so important when thinking about that sales and marketing alignment to have complete alignment around your ideal customer profile. Because when you take a step back and think about that, you know, your ICP is going to drive what accounts your team is targeting. It's going to drive the messaging and content that they're using. And it's also going to drive who you're hiring and who and, and, and how you're enabling them, right? Um, that that I, I think 
I, I preach this all the time, but hiring is, is so important in any organization. And I think sometimes people don't necessarily think about like how tweaks in your ICP can change the way that you hire and you onboard, but it, it really is that, that, you know, as you're hiring these professionals, you have to understand what you're going for in the market and then look at their experiences coming in and, and do a gut check around, okay, where, where do we stack up? And, you know, the other, other thing I want to push you on, Justin, is don't feel like SDRs have to fit that younger professional mold. You know, it's so important as you're hiring and bringing people in on, on the front lines to diversify the candidates that you're bringing in. And that, when I say diversify, I'm not just talking about experience or age, but I'm talking about, you know, background, what were they doing beforehand, economic status, push yourself to, to be different. When, when I think about one of our, our best employees here at Singster, he was running, helping run a, a, a top restaurant in the Indianapolis area. And what initially attracted us to him was, yeah, he, he had an internship at Salesforce. His mom works in, in tech, but his enthusiasm and his ability to communicate, you know, enthusiasm when you're doing business over the phones, like you need that, right? Yep. But don't feel like it, you, you have to fit a, a certain mold for you and your team. I absolutely agree with that. I met a guy, I'm not going to remember the name of the company, but was just a, you know, SDR, BDR, whatever. One of the most polished professionals I've ever met. And I'm like, so how'd you end up in this role? He's like, well, I was at McKinsey for a couple of years. And I'm like, wait, what? You left McKinsey to become a sales dev person. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I mean, I'm sure he's getting paid very well, but his job is basically to be the human connection between the brand and the audience. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that, you know, he, he kind of breaks the mold for SDRs, but I'm like, that's brilliant. You know, why shouldn't you overpay and overhire for such an important role? And, and kind of, you know, I, I was just, I was really inspired by the fact that like he did, he took that role and he made it into something so much bigger. For sure. Yeah. So this audience of this podcast is mostly marketers. Help them help you. Like what can your marketing team do to make your sales dev team more successful? Communication, communication, communication. You know, when you think about your, your sales dev team, they're, they're not only such an important part of your, your ABM strategy, if you are dabbling in, in that world, but they're on the front lines, right? So if there's any change to your messaging, your brand, your product, your pricing, your sales development team needs to be the first people to know. Because like I said, they're, they're the first brand impression. They're the people who are handling the, the most inquiries. So my ask and my advice is like over communicate as much as possible. Yeah. And I'm, I'm right there with you, Sarah. I think like the communication is a huge piece of it. And I think also, you know, put yourself in the shoes of your SDRs, you know, get on the phones, make phone calls for an hour. Look at the emails that they're sending. You know, if you're asking them to make videos, make a video yourself, model the behavior that you want to see, and then ask them, you know, get their feedback on it, ask how it's going. And don't be afraid, you know, really make yourself vulnerable. You know, if you do that correctly, then you all win. Mm -hmm. And your SDRs will, you know, trust in you, they'll believe in you, and they'll be your biggest champion uh, marketers. They, they will be your, your biggest, you know, sort of tool in the grand scheme. Yeah, I love that. And I think one thing we do really well here, and I think everyone should do, and we should do more, frankly, I think everyone should do more, is really in like how we start off this conversation, celebrate your SDRs. Like they've got a tough job. Make them feel like they are a huge you know, they're the backbone of your ABM program. They're the backbone of your business, really. Like they've got one of the toughest jobs and it's too often thankless, I think. Yeah. So we're getting close to time here. Two really quick questions. Let's, let's have some fun here. 
either the best or the worst or both prospecting cold email you've ever gotten? Tell me about it. Mine's a little bit general, but anytime I receive an email where it's so clear that someone's trying to automate the work of an SDR. So we've all received the emails where you know, it, it doesn't even say your name or there's no level of personalization, no level of research on me, my role, my team, my business, et cetera. That, that drives me up a wall, right? Like, like we keep going back to SDRs are oftentimes the very first experience with a brand and we need to make it a, a memorable and highly, highly intentional moment. So for me, it's like, that's what just makes me cringe when you feel like you're, you're just being put into this, this machine and not treated like a, a human being. Totally agree. What about you, Mavis? Yeah, you know, I have a really specific worst example. Um, it's actually an email that was sent to my colleague. And the moral of this, you know, sort of situation was, don't forget to look to see how you're connected and who you might know. And don't forget to ask for an introduction. So this SDR sent an email to one of my coworkers and she forwarded it because she actually liked it. And I looked at the name and it was someone who I had gone to college with in Pennsylvania. She's now living in Texas and we lived in the same building for three years. And, you know, what a missed opportunity to say, hey, Mavis, I see that you're at ZipWhip. Could you introduce me to your colleague? And, you know, you, you never know, you know, who's going to intersect later on in life. And just don't be afraid to ask for the introduction. Don't be afraid to reach out to someone and say, hey, do you know so-and-so? And I can tell you that the SDRs I really respect are the ones that, you know, continuously um, send me LinkedIn messages and say, I know that you know so-and-so. Would you mind giving me an intro? I know you use our product. And, you know, if it's a good product, absolutely. I will absolutely do an introduction for you. Um, and so it, it's just those missed opportunities. Don't be afraid to look for them and don't be afraid to find them. I think that's like a pretty good life lesson too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just ask. Okay. I've been ending all of these with, you know, asking for one tweetable piece of, of wisdom and they've invariably been way longer than a tweet can fit. So feel free. But what's one thing you want to leave people with for some kind of some sales dev gems of wisdom. So, so two things, be curious. Be curious about the people that you're calling. Be curious about the work that you're doing. Be curious about your business, your brand. I think that's the number one thing an SDR can do. And then remember, everyone got their start somewhere. And so make this what you want it to be. I love that. What about you, Sarah? Smile and dial, baby. Um, <laughs> Energy, enthusiasm, and knowledge goes so, so far over the phone. If you can, can learn to do business over the phone, you're, you're golden this day and age. So mm -hmm. pick up the phone, smile, be excited, have enthusiasm, and trust me, it'll, it'll stick for people. I love that. Yeah, we always say on our marketing team, joy and enthusiasm is better than perfection. And I think that's true across the board. Thank you guys so much. Sarah Tosh, Mavis Norwich from ZipWhip. Can't thank you guys enough for being here and sharing what you know. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.